Yo, 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 welcome to our Canadian Confederation podcast. Today we're talking all things Canadian Confederation, like life before Confederation, the cause of the Confederation, and life after Confederation. My name is Emre, and I'm here today with... Oscar. So tell me about life before Confederation, Oscar. Well, life for many in the towns and cities of Lower Canada and other parts of the Maritimes were already quite favorable by the 1800s. They had had hundreds of years to build communities and set up a prosperous economy. But life for settlers in Upper Canada and what would become BC was much harsher. These new settlers had to endure the cold winters and bad harvests of unfavorable weather without any of the infrastructure that the Maritimes enjoyed. Worst of all, there were no roads, meaning that these settlers had to pay a lot of money just to get supplies like foods for their settlement. For First Nations people, life was also not too good. After the War of 1812, they had lost almost all of their land and had been relocated into small little reserves. This limited their ability to hunt, to trade with each other, and to prosper as a group. Unfortunately, Confederation would not help them either. So why did people want Canadian Confederation, Oscar? Well, Confederation would unite all the provinces in British North America, creating one unified country that could defend itself from foreign threats, more easily trade with itself and other countries, while also spreading its wealth throughout its own provinces. The provinces of British North America found that they also had common goals and fears. They all feared an American takeover. The fear of having to annex into America is arguably the biggest reason that Canada ended up confederating. But there were many other reasons as well. What were the other reasons, M. Ray? Well, Britain began emphasizing that they wanted their colonies to be more self-sustaining. This meant that they wanted British North America to become self-governing, be able to defend itself, and be able to create a stable economy without the help of England. Also. After the American Civil War, the U.S. decided to end free trade with British North America because of Britain's neutral stand during the Civil War. This meant that the colonies in British North America would have to trade with each other. A union between the provinces seemed like the best way to sustain trade within British North America. America thought that cutting off free trade would force the colonies to annex into the U.S. Unfortunately, the U.S only pushed the provinces closer to confederation. Another problem was politics. The Legislative Assembly, the elected part of government in Upper and Lower Canada, now called the Province of Canada, was in a political deadlock. Since seats of the Legislative Assembly were split 50-50 between the two opposing parties, no one could come to any agreements. If someone wanted to get something done, they needed the majority. If the province of Canada joined a union with the other colonies, Canada East and Canada West would become separate provinces with their own governments solving the political deadlock and allowing them to make decisions for themselves. During this time, the provinces of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island began holding conferences for a maritime union. 
representatives from the province of Canada would also attend. The conclusion was that a British North American Union needed to be established. Further discussions took place in Halifax, Fredericton, and St. John. The result was a maritime union and a Canadian delegation that wanted to create foundations for a new country. This new country would still reserve ties to Britain, would have a bicameral system including a lower house with representation and upper house with representation based on regional rather than provisionally provincial equality. Responsible government at federal and provincial level would also be instituted. The appointment of a governor general by the British Crown would also be needed. On June 24, 1864, George Brown, a politician and a father of Confederation, decided to end the political deadlock by joining the opposing party in a collation. He had three conditions, though. He wanted the collation to work towards larger united freedom of all the provinces in British North America. He wanted the government of Canada and any future union to be based on the representation of population and that the Federation expands northwest before the U.S. could. Basically, the province of Canada would join the Maritime Union and start working towards a confederation. Mm. That brings me to my sponsor, Lemon Doreos, the best cookie ever. If you like cookies, you'll love Lemon Doreos. This is one great cookie. Back to Confederation, Oscar. The next major conference was in Quebec on October 10, 1864. United Canadian delegates met with representatives from the three maritime colonies and Newfoundland. By mid-1866, Ontario, Quebec, and Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick had all passed Union resolutions. Next, the London Conference began on December 4, 1866. It produced the text of the British North American Act and solidified the Confederation. It was officially completed on February 11, 1867. The bill passed through the British House of Lords, House of Commons, and received the Royal Assent on March 29, 1867. Canada officially unified on July 1, 1867. But what about British Columbia, Emre? Well, Maritimes wanted BC to join because it was rich with resources, because BC decided they would only join if a railway was built to convert them with the Maritimes. So after a railway was promised, BC finally decided to join the Union. That brings us to the end, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.